Welcome to the High Speed Podcast, the official podcast of the High Speed Alliance, taking you further, faster, together. We are setting our course for freedom and legacy through mastery of business, finance, family, and lifestyle. Welcome to the High Speed Podcast. This is your host, Forrest Bryant, and I'm excited to have my good friend, Ross Brannon, on the line today. How you doing, Ross? Very well. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm excited. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a hard time keeping this down to uh, to the time limit because I know we could uh, we could get on the line and just talk all day. And uh, some people might enjoy that, and some others might get bored. I don't know, but you and I will have a good time uh, regardless. But uh, appreciate you being on here today for our listeners. Um, thanks for tuning into the High Speed Podcast. We're here to help you on your journey to freedom and legacy. And we do that by helping out with your business, finances, family, and lifestyle. And we're going to talk about all of those things today. My guest, Ross, uh, works for North Florida Financial, and he is a uh, financial planner and uh, investment guy and has clients all over the U.S. And um, Ross, uh, uh, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Glad to be here. I'm a big fan of the High Speed Alliance. Well, thanks, buddy. I know uh, whenever we get um, when we get into the securities industry, there's certain things that we've got to do, and one of those is uh, is is a pretty rigorous disclaimer. So uh, I'll I'll throw that out here for you, and then uh, you can add anything you want to it. But uh, I'm gonna re- I'm, do- I'm gonna read this verbatim, and then I'll probably throw my two cents in here. But uh, 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 Ross is a financial advisor and registered representative of Park Avenue Securities LLC. Uh, securities products and services and advisory services offered uh, through Park Avenue Securities, uh, a registered broker dealer and investment advisor. Um, He's a financial representative with the Guardian Life Insurance Company uh, from New York, New York. And um, Park Avenue Securities is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. And Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA, SIPC, this podcast is for informational purposes only. Forrest Bryant and High Speed Alliance are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian and opinions stated are their own. So um, that that hopefully that's going to uh, uh, appease uh, the compliance people. And I'll also throw in uh, my disclaimer, and I think we'll have that on the front anyway. But um, uh, Ross and I are both in the in the in the business of helping people with their investments and their money in their lives. And, uh, what we say on this show, uh, uh, what we say is our opinion. And, um, hopefully you're smart enough that, um, uh, you would not, if you're not a client of ours, you wouldn't listen to anything you hear on a podcast and go take action on it. So we're not giving any tax information, accounting information, investment advice, anything like that, that you should, that it should be actionable to you. Hopefully we're just giving some education and you can, Trust your advisors with with uh, with your that are familiar with your situation to make those decisions. How'd I do, Ross? Was that pretty good? Got anything to add to that? Well, that that sums up the podcast today, folks. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll we'll see you next time. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. What, that was, what did uh, I miss? Unfortunately, that's well. I think you covered it all. That that unfortunately, that's the nature of our industry, and uh, it's long, but it's we had to do it and it's taken care of. So I think all we're right. good. All right, we're good. So let's let's roll on from there. So, uh, Ross, why don't you uh, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and and what you do and your family? Well, my name's Ross Brannon. I live in Tallahassee, Florida. 
Um, I'm a financial planner, like Forrest said. Uh, married, four kids, ages 11, 8, 6, and 3. Uh, former football player, if you're into sports at all, played football at Florida State back in the late 90s. And I'm a pretty simple guy. That's about it. Well, uh, you and I have known each other for a while, and I, I, I love Ross. He brings a uh, an alternative uh, twist to – uh, financial planning. A lot of financial planners are all about, you know, selling, selling products and uh, selling, you know, different types of investments or uh, insurance. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate Ross because he always puts clients interests first. And uh, he's, uh, you know, one thing we do with High Speed Podcast, obviously, and High Speed Alliance, uh, we look at alternative investments. And a lot of those are focused around real estate. And uh, Ross has uh, a real estate uh, background and has experience in those, and he understands how those can uh, be advantageous to a, a well-rounded portfolio. And so, uh, you know, many financial. Some of you guys have found that out. You, uh, you you run back to your financial advisor and tell them, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to get involved in real estate," and they look at you like you got three eyes, and you know, they realize they can't make any money off of you. And um, you know, it, it kind of goes sideways after that, but. Um, I appreciate I've seen I've seen Ross in action and he always uh, tries to help the clients uh, do, do, do the best thing uh, for them and their family. So I appreciate that about you, Ross. Well, thanks, Forrest. And you, you just told a dirty little secret of our industry. That <laughs> financial advisors, financial advisors don't like real estate. And well, many of them don't understand it, but they don't get paid on real estate. So uh Unless it's a non-traded real estate investment trust, which those generally are not advisable. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they, uh, uh, I mean, uh, fortunately at this point I can say what I, what I want to say and I can share my opinions. And um, you know, when, when I, when I worked for, for, for a bigger company and I had to say what they wanted me to say um, and I don't mind saying this on out, out in the public, but, uh, you know, I had, I had a, a, a nice real estate portfolio and, um, they weren't very happy about it. And they, they, they really discouraged that, uh, when in fact that, that company, uh, was a huge investor in their general fund in real estate, but they didn't think it was okay for their agents, uh, to do it, but the company did it. So, you know, that, that, that was, that didn't make sense to me, but I, I it does make sense, but it, it didn't, you know, but anyway, um, so Ross, let's talk. Um, let's 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 kind of talk on the uh, on the on the planning side first. Let's kind of go. You know what's uh, you know you know how are you different from other planners? You know I, I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but you know um, you know how's your philosophy a little bit different as far as comprehensive, holistic planning uh, for 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 the clients that you work with? I know you work with a lot of a lot of medical and dental and and uh, small business owners, and that's why I like having you. Um, share with our with with our listeners and with our clients, but um, you know what, what what makes you different along those lines? Well, I find that most people tend to make their financial decisions in a vacuum or in a silo, and they'll make a decision to do something with a dollar, but they may or may not be aware or take into account the repercussions of that decision. So. Um, so they tend to have a few accounts over here, a few insurance policies over here, 
And there tends to be a lot of financial dis disorganization and not a lot of coordination. And, and so I find that a lot of people, they may have one or two or three advisors, but in, in essence, they just have one or two or three products and there hasn't been a lot of coordination. When I work with a client, my goal is to use, I use a planning tool and it helps me to take a wide angle view. It helps me take a 30,000 foot view and look at the financial decisions that we make as individuals and look at the repercussions they have. I like to use the analogy of throwing a rock in the pond. Instead of focusing on the splash, let's also take into account the ripple effects. You know, Forrest, you live in Huntsville, Alabama. The view is probably a little bit different driving down Main Street than flying over town in an airplane. And I would submit to you that most people uh, make financial decisions like they're driving down Main Street instead of making a decision like they're flying over the city. Mm -hmm. You just get a different perspective when you're flying over the city of the roads and the traffic. And it really helps you to take, take a bigger picture, macroeconomic, wide-angle view of, of one's finances. Yeah, no, I love it. And that that's, uh, uh, you and I are speaking the same language and that's, that, that's where I like to sit too. I like to, I like to really look at that high angle view, that 30,000 foot view where you can kind of look, look and, uh, everybody, everybody's kind of, uh, they get lost in that day to day. Like you said, like driving down the road, you know, they, uh, sometimes they're in survival mode and they're just looking at, you know, today and tomorrow and today and tomorrow and just trying to survive. And they, you know, they don't, uh, understand things the way that you and I do about looking, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the road and, 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 and how things are going to change. So very good. So, uh, you know, what about, uh, you know, everybody wants to know about investments. So, you know, like, you know, what does that look like to you as far as, you know, kind of helping, helping clients put together a portfolio? Well, um, investments generally people view them as the sexy part of financial, uh, financial planning or financial advising. And I would submit to you, good investing is boring because um, Fidelity did a study a couple of years ago and they found that the accounts that had the best performance are the ones that clients forgot about. <laughs> and so many times we, uh, we react emotionally to things when in the big picture, they don't matter. So we like to buy generally human nature is to buy high and sell low and repeat until broke. Obviously, <laughs> Uh, Forrest and I are not advocates of that philosophy, and, and that's not what we would advise our clients to do. Um, and so when it comes to investing, you know, there, there's a million different opinions. There's a million different philosophies. I personally feel like when you deal with stock market investing, I feel like it's overcomplicated a lot um, with some new fancy style. That, that's just my opinion. Um, but when, when I work with clients, you know, there's two things that I'm really uh, cognizant of is is one, making sure we keep costs low. Because whatever cost we save is, is added to, your, to the client's bottom line. And number two, let, let's have an evidence-based investing strategy. What does the research show where returns are driven from? And so it's not, not that I, I don't want you know, my, my gut instinct to tell me I need to buy this and sell this or, or do this or this. I want to be, I want to follow a plan that mirrors where the returns have historically have historically come from in regards to the stock market and the bond and the bond markets. So when we talk with clients, we talk about that. We also talk a lot about the difference between risk and volatility. Many times people consider volatility risk. And, and I would submit that in the, in the, the ups and downs 
uh, of the values of a stock portfolio or not the risk, that's the volatility. And that's what allows us to get a historical higher rate of return than say in a bond portfolio, which is going to have less volatility, generally speaking. No, that's really great information. And you, you mentioned, uh, uh, I don't know if you use the term, but you use the phrase, but uh, it, uh, investor behavior. So, you know, explain to our listeners, you know, when we're talking about uh, in, investor behavior and how that affects returns, you know, what, what are you, what are you referring to there? Well, for, let, let me kind of give an extreme example. So I, I know a, a husband and wife who at the bottom of the market crash in first quarter of 2009, they sold their accounts and they went to cash and they stayed in cash for probably five to seven years after that. So in that situation, they let the emotions of the situation dictate a financial decision. And at the time they seemed like they were doing the right thing, but waiting five or seven years to get back in the market. Now, I wonder they miss getting their money back to, you know, square one or hundred percent where before, when the market got back to their, you know, the original point, but the astronomical climb from the bottom in March of 2009 to where we are today, they missed out on a substantial majority of that. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important that we, put ourselves in a, in a, in a position to win, um, whether it's building our allocation, that's going to have, it's going to give us a volatility and basically ups and downs of value of the, of our account that we can manage emotionally manage. And that's part of my job and your job for us is to help our clients manage their emotions through this, uh, these, these cycles, because these cycles, they, they're happening all the time. They, they never stop. Um, and so and there's studies that have come out that says the average investor uh, underperforms the market by over 4%. And so, you know, human beings, generally speaking, are not wired uh, emotionally for stock market investing, hmm. much less cryptocurrency investing. <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> So let's talk about um, just along those same lines and, and investor behavior. Um, you know, let's talk about time horizon a little bit. And you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, committing to a portfolio and, you know, uh, you know, just talk about, you know, two extremes. Like, you know, say you've got somebody who's 30 years old and, you know, uh, you know, they have a portfolio that's built out for them and, you know, they're looking at, you know, 30, 35 years before they start, uh, needing to access that money uh, versus somebody who's, you know, maybe 60 or even 65, that's really close. And let's, let's make it a little more real. Like, uh, you know, what if, you know, somebody's 60 or 65 today and they're looking at the market where it is today um, you know, they don't, you know, the time horizon is, is, is much shorter. So just, in general, we're not telling anybody to go make any actions on this, but, you know, just in general, um, you know, just kind of differentiate uh, the, the, the time horizon. Well, if, if John Doe has a million dollars and he's 65 years old, and that's his only bucket of money, that's a dramatically different situation than if John Doe has $3 million and he can divvy that up. Now, that, that's obvious. Everyone understands that. 
So, you know, if, if John Doe has a million dollars and needs to live off of that, you know, he's likely not going to be in a hundred percent stock allocation because that's going to have more volatility. Now there are people who would argue he should be in a hundred percent bond portfolio. There are people who would argue uh, he should be in a hundred percent stock portfolio and they both would make very compelling arguments backed up with lots of data and numbers and make us all say, wow. However, a lot of it's going to depend on, you know, what's his tolerance for the, for the, in the volatility. And by volatility, I mean the change in account value. You know, is he going to be looking at his iPhone every hour at his account balance? Because if that's the case, then may, maybe he should consider um, some sort of vehicle that, that guarantees income um, and where he doesn't have to worry about stock market fluctuations. And so, or maybe he should, you know, figure, maybe he should consider some alternative investments that, you know, maybe he should go buy a rental property or something, just get the cash flow off of that. Um, so there's all sorts of ways, but ultimately it depends on if, so, in the older person's example, it depends on, you know, how much they want to, uh, how much emotional stress they can handle if that stresses them out. As for someone younger, if, if we're talking about a stock market portfolio, uh, most people are going to recommend they be incredibly heavy on the equity allocation, probably generally on 80 to 100%. And some people would say as time goes on, maybe you should scale it back. Um, and then some people are going to recommend that, you know, a good old 60-40 portfolio, which has kind of been the standard um, example for a long time. And some people are going to argue 100% equity or stock portfolio for the next 30, 35 years. And of course, there's some people are gonna say, don't ever do anything in the stock market, go buy, go buy a bunch of real estate. Hmm. And ultimately, all of those will work at some way, in some level, we don't know what the future holds, so we don't know what's gonna outperform. Yeah, great, great commentary. So, you know, we, we, uh, we a lot of times we like to have, we ha like to have lots of options. If you got lots of options, um, you've got a lot of control and, um, you know, I like to look at my, my, my clients when they get into retirement and, and look and see that they've got lots of different buckets of money. They've got, uh, and you mentioned guaranteed income earlier, and there's, there's several different ways where, um, insurance products can fit into that, uh, permanent life insurance. And we could talk on that the entire podcast, uh, annuities, uh, different types of real estate, such as private lending, or like you said, you know, owning a rental property or, or owning a, a, a portion of a, um, or even a whole apartment complex or, um, you know, let's, let's, let's go there just on a high level. We can't get too deep, but um, let's just talk about guaranteed income in, uh, in retirement as it relates to, you know, real estate and, uh, and insurance products. So in the insurance product world, you have, you know, annuities. Now annuities kind of have a bad name out there in the marketplace. Um, but the reality is there, there's several different types of annuities, but if you're receiving social security, you have an annuity. If you have a pension from a company, you have a, or government, you have an annuity. An annuity is merely just a stream of cash flows guaranteed. So, you know, you can get a, like, for example, a fixed annuity is basically very, very similar to a CD, which is certificate of deposit. 
Not exactly the same. There are, there are some other moving parts to it, but it's very, very similar. But from an income annuity standpoint, you have what's called the traditional new annuity that a lot of people think of. It's called a single premium immediate annuity. You give the insurance company your money and you get a check for the rest of your life. That's, that's a basic, the kind of basic annuity people thinking about. Think about it. a lot of people don't like those because you give up your principal. Um, when interest rates are higher, um, they tend to have higher payouts. Uh, and, and there's a lot of research out there about mortality credits, which is, we, we don't have time to go to in this podcast, but on how really there's a lot of benefit to a single premium immediate annuity or a deferred income annuity, which is the same thing where you except you're just delaying your income because of the, uh, the power of mortality credits. Um, then there's the variable annuity, um, which has been had, which has gotten probably the most negative attention in recent years. Uh, and what that is, is that is mutual funds kind of invested with a, with an annuity wrapper. Most of them have some sort of guaranteed income component or guaranteed growth component for income purposes. Um, and then there's, there's an equity indexed annuity as well, which is, uh, has a few more moving parts and quite frankly, it would take me a little longer to kind of lay out the explanation, explanation of it. So I'll just kind of bear you, save, save you with the boredom. But the reality is, is some people annuities are appropriate for some people they're not. Everyone's situation is different, but you said something really important is you said multiple buckets of money. And ideally when you and I work with clients, our goal is for them to have multiple buckets of money. It's not ideal when we meet with someone and they have $2 million their name and 1.7 of it is in a qualified plan. That is, that's better than nothing by, by, by far it's better than nothing, but it's not ideal because you kind of, you're really limited in what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, comment to, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I haven't, I'm not bashful about saying it, but I'm, I am a big fan of permanent life insurance, uh, cash value life insurance. If it's done properly, it gets a bad, bad rap from a lot of people. There's a lot of people that, out there that bash it and they say, you know, buy term and invest the difference. And, um, um, you and I both know, um, you know, the, 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 the real hidden power there, but just, you know, share with our listeners a little bit, you know, what your, what your thoughts are on it. Well, I, I'm a, I'm a proponent of, of permanent life insurance. And when I speak of permanent life insurance, I'm speaking of whole life insurance, uh, from a mutual, uh, company. And so, um, you know, there's a couple cash value life insurance out there that sometime are mistaken as whole life insurance. Would that be like universal life or variable universal life or equity index universal life? But um, we're speaking of whole life insurance from a mutual company. Um, You know, it has gotten a bad rap and and there is, I mean, obviously with life insurance, the primary purpose is death benefit protection, but um, it's very important to understand the advantages that cash value accumulation can provide to people um, when they own permanent life insurance. Uh, it can include, like you said earlier, supplemental income during retirement. And, and, and probably one of the biggest, misunder, the most misunderstood things about permanent life insurance or whole life insurance 
is that having a whole life insurance policy during retirement, it gives clients the opportunity to spin down their retirement assets while knowing the death benefit they have is going to be passed on, no matter if they spend all their money during those distribution years. And so it really allows you to access those monies more efficiently. Um, and so, you know, in, in, in many states, it's creditor proof. I know in, in Florida, it's creditor proof. Uh, the cash grows on a tax deferred basis. And uh, many times if you use it properly, the cash will never be taxed. Um, and, and um, you know, it's lawsuit proof in Florida. In many states it is as well. I mean, every state's a little bit different. But, you know, what's funny is, you know, someone could file bankruptcy in the state of Florida and they could have a million dollars in cash in their life insurance policy. Um, but they file bankruptcy and literally the creditors can't touch the cash uh, in that policy. Yeah, that's good. And that's a great point for our listeners that are physicians and dentists that uh, that, that the money that's 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 in there that. Uh, uh, cr- creditors uh, or lawsuits can't can't touch that. It's uh, it's viewed uh, very much like a uh, like like uh, retirement plan money. It's just uh, they, they they can't get to it. So that that does provide extra layer of uh, protection. So um, Ross, we didn't really get into um, your real estate background. So let's why don't we spend a few minutes and just kind of uh, share a little bit about that. Yeah. So. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier that I, I played football at FSU. I, I started as a freshman. I was a starter on the 1999 national title team. But I had six knee surgeries on my right knee while I was playing. And as you can imagine, that ended my career early. So as I'm in the training room uh, rehabbing at the end of my career, surgery number six, I end up befriending uh, a guy who was a senior at FSU um, his senior year was the year before I got there as a freshman. So I was a senior in high school. He was a senior in college. He ended up being drafted in the third round in the 1996 uh, draft and, and played five years in the NFL. Uh, before you think he was wealthy, uh, just to give you some context, uh, this current year, 2018, the league minimum for a rookie in the NFL is $465,000. Okay, most rookies aren't getting that, but some of them are. The league minimum – in 1995 or 96 was $119,000. So he played five years in the NFL. He was, he was a starter as an offensive lineman, um, probably three of those years. So he didn't make a ton of money, um, but, but he had a little bit of money. And and so we befriended each other and we started hanging out and talking and he kind of gave me the real estate bug. And he, and, and so, so we went out and we bought a a little townhouse because, you know, near campus, and uh, rented it out. And then we, we really liked that. That was kind of cool. So then we went and bought a duplex. Um, and like, well, that, that, that's kind of cool. Um, and then we went and bought a couple more townhouses. Um, and then we ended up buying a 19-unit apartment complex. Um, and then we ended up buying some houses, some more houses and some more, some more, some more units. And then after, after a while, we had 44 units. Um, and we, I, we, he did the books, I did the management. I think he got the better end of that deal. Um, <laughs> and, and so I'm managing these rental properties and these are college student rental properties. So two lessons I learned right there. Don't do college student rentals. They, they tear the properties apart and there's incredibly high turnover. 
and number number two, uh, hire a property management company. <laughs> so, um, so I learned those lessons. And so, and then uh, pure dumb luck, pure dumb luck. We sold the, we sold very close to the peak of the market. Wow. Uh, and we did really, really well. Now, um, can we run a podcast? This is going to be all over the world, but can I be brutally honest with you, Forrest? Sure. That's what, that's what people want to hear. They want to hear the truth. <laughs> so we then rolled all those profits and said, hey, let's go buy some speculative land at the coast. Hmm. <laughs> Tallahassee's 30, 40 minutes away from the coast. We're two hours away from Destin and uh, 30A. Some of you have heard of 30A, Panama City. So we go plow all the money into there. And then, you know, not long afterwards, uh, the bottom falls out. So we gave all of our profits back. So we learned the hard way. And mm. so, you know, I, I won't buy. I so, definitely le- learned some experiences there. Well, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you told that story because, um, uh, you know, I want our listeners there. Uh, there there's a lot, uh, you know, it, it it's different this time. It's different this time. And I guess I can get on, Never a, on, 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 a, on a diatribe uh, here and, 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 and go off into, you know, a, l- a little bit about where we are now versus the difference in there. But just uh, it, it is different this time, but there's a lot of the same things, a lot of the same big picture things. And you hit on a couple things right there that are really critical. You made some really wise investments that you had, you had cash flow, you had appreciation, you learn not to be your own manager. You created a job for yourself. You learned, um, you know, that that asset class and a, a lot of people invest in student housing. And if it's done properly with proper student management or proper property management, it can be incredibly lucrative and uh, it can be a very good asset class, but you got to know what you're doing there. But you exited beautifully and then you went into uh, a very speculative market at the peak and so, you know, I want our listeners to make sure that you, you caught those things and, you know, just let me tie, tie a little bow on that, that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, we've got some guys that are, that are exiting some properties. Now uh, it's a good time to look at your portfolio, if your rental portfolio or your investment portfolio. Um, you know, if you've got uh, some investments that have done really, really well, and you're thinking about exiting those positions, make sure you make smart decisions and understand where we are uh, in the market, you know, we, you know, we, we know where we're not, you know, we know we're not in the trough. We know we're not on the down, you know, we know we're on the up, but we don't know where the top is. So just make sure you make good decisions about, uh, about the future and, 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 uh, you know, be very careful about speculative investments at, at, at towards the peak. Cause I, I, I see it all the time. I, I see it. I, I've seen it today. So, um, just, just, just be well, careful, I, but good, 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 good lesson. Good story there. Well, I think, it, I think you, I think it's, I think most people aren't really cognizant of the difference between speculation and investment. So if I buy a rental property and it's cash flowing, that's an investment. Sure. It's going to appreciate, but I'm getting positive cash flow. If I go buy a vacant lot, especially if I finance it, that's speculation. Hmm. I mean, and so in my experience, I would not suggest uh, buying vacant land uh, or I I would not suggest financing vacant land. If you want to land bank it, pay cash for it, uh, good for you. Uh, You got time on your side because all you're paying is probably some some inexpensive property taxes. But 
but but I would not finance speculative real estate. I would just pay cash for it. That's that's my opinion. Once again, that's not an official recommendation. That's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know. Good, good, good stuff there. And so, you know, uh, and I'm not an expert in land, but I do know that, uh, the, the, the time to do that, the time to put options and time to control that, that land is when, when things are depressed, not when things are at the top of the market. So if you're out there and you're playing in that space, just be careful. So, all right. So bringing it back, uh, we got to kind of wrap up, uh, this, the, the, the public session here. So, uh, Ross, uh, uh, do you have a favorite quote or a favorite book you want to share with our listeners? So there's two books that I'm really a big fan of. I read them both probably a year or two ago. Gosh, Mindset by Carol Dweck. If you have not read that book, uh, I highly suggest it. Uh, and Grit by Angela Duckworth. Um, both of those books, and they really kind of marry well, pair well together. Um, and um, I think they're both phenomenal books. Great. And what about a quote? Well, I, I kind of, you know, I, I've got some friends that I do a lot of, that we kind of banter back and forth with. And, you know, one day I, I just kind of said this from the hip and I liked it so much. I kind of put it in my back pocket and I like to tell someone when I'm, when I'm debating them, I'm like, never let facts get in the way of a good opinion. <laughs> um, and I think all talk show hosts probably live by this. Yeah. As, as well as all politicians on both sides of the aisle, they all live by this. But so I like to say, never let facts get in the way of a good opinion. That's a good one. And, and we can attribute that to you. That's a Ross Brandon original. Well, I'm, I'm claiming it because I never heard it before I said it, but you know, maybe I should go trademark it. Yeah. You, um, you're yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. A little intellectual property right there. We can go trademark that build out a website. Well, good stuff, man. Well, um, if you, if you've been listening, um, thanks. I hope you got a lot of value out of that. Ross really brought a lot of really good stuff and, you know, we could go so, so deep on all of those topics. So we are just trying to, trying to keep it. Uh, and we, we went, we went longer than, than we were supposed to, but, um, uh, uh just, just a reminder on the disclaimer there. Um, don't, don't go and take any actions, uh, based off anything you heard here. Uh, make sure you talk with your advisors that know your situation. If, if, uh, if you would like to know more uh, from Ross, Ross, how, how, how could our listeners get in touch with you if they want to know some more? Well, the best way to get in touch with me is just a phone call um, uh, because my email is too long to spell out on this thing right here. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, 850-566-7999, 850-566-7999. If you have a question, give me a call. You know, working together may not be a fit, and that's okay. I'm more than happy to answer a question regardless. No, that's good, and we'll put that in the show notes. So, uh uh, thanks, Ross. Don't go anywhere. We're going to go over to our uh, members-only uh, section, and we're going to we're going to go a little bit deeper in uh, in a couple of those topics. But uh, if you've been listening to the High Speed Podcast, thanks for listening. Hope you got a lot of value out of that. And uh, thank you, Ross, for being here. And uh, we will talk with you soon. Hi, this is Dr. Forrest Bryant, and I want to thank you for listening to the High Speed Podcast. Uh, we want to remind you that the information we share on this show is impersonal and only our opinion. You should not take impersonal advice and apply it to your own situation without discussing this information with us or with another licensed professional uh, that's familiar with your situation. Um, our opinions are just that, and this show is for education only. Uh, this is in no way a solicitation or offer to sell any securities or other 
types of investments. So thank you and uh, have a great day. You've been listening to the High Speed Podcast. To read our blog and to learn more, visit our website at www.highspeedpodcast.com.